Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. Today, we're talking with agent and founder of RVA Sports, BJ Bass. So for those who don't know BJ, he has a very unique and well-diversified business background, not just an athlete representation, but sports marketing, logistics, real estate, enterprise software, a lot more. So excited to hear more about that today. So welcome, BJ. Hey, thanks, Kev. How are you, bud? Good, man. So I always tell people that if you ask 25 agents how they got into the business, you're going to get 25 different responses. And, and you have a pretty pretty diverse uh, professional background. So um, I do want to chat the agent business, obviously, but but talk first a little bit about like your professional experience before you got the agent started and how that led into it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I did a, a bunch of different stuff. I, I uh, when I graduated, I graduated from University of Wisconsin. Uh, I when I graduated, 97. So right after that, I got into, that was like the first like tech bubble. That was like, you know, the internet uh, boom with, you know, when Amazon and, you know, all these tech companies were first launching. So I I was in the middle of that, um, which was a really great time. was super fun. And, um, you know, and I love that. I loved, I loved, you know, tech and software stuff. Um, and then, you know, I had a couple different things that I did. I started my own business at one point. Um, and, and then I just like this basketball thing just kind of came out of nowhere. It was absolutely like bananas, how the whole thing happened. It just, uh, there was a, a young guy in my hometown of Roslyn named George Beeman. And he was this incredible player at Roslyn high school. And that's where I went as a kid. So I now live in the same town where I went as a kid. And I heard about George and I went to see him and he was like incredible. And he, he was, uh, he looked like Rondo to me, but in high school, you know, and he, in fact, he, that year, George led Long Island in scoring. He averaged like 37 and Tobias was second. So this kid was legit, but my high school didn't necessarily pump out, you know, NBA players. So, um, so I helped him. And that was the genesis of how I sort of went from, you know, a pretty diverse, uh, you know, business experience to all of a sudden now I had always loved hoops and I had a bunch of friends in the business. And and this was just like, OK, I'm going to help a kid from my neighborhood. Um, and in, in sure enough, we, we helped get him a scholarship at Manhattan. He was like incredible at Manhattan. Um, he's like the third all time leading scorer at Manhattan. And they went to the tournament. Um, so it was an incredible story, but that is the genesis of then how I hooked up with the Rubensteins and started RBA sports because they, they were Roslyn guys. They heard about what we did with George. And so, you know, that's, and then fast, you know, they had invested in basketball city. Mm-hmm. So that's how all the pieces came together, but it was just based on, you know, total, you know, a random thing in the universe, man. Like I helped out a kid and, then all of a sudden this opportunity presented itself to like start 
an agency and continue what I helped George do. And it was like the greatest experience. So I jumped all over it. Good karma comes back, man. I love it. I love it. And, and so, so you had started basketball city before that, or was that after or all part of it? No, the, um, the, the Rubensteins, um, Brian and, and, and Barry Rubenstein are Rosalind guys, great, great guys. And they, they, so we had talked about starting an agency after the thing with George and, um, they had just invested in basketball city okay. at the time. So it was on the West side of Manhattan. It was over at Chelsea Piers. And then when they got in, they started, they helped start this new spot that you've been down to yep. Um, yep. down by South street seaport, which has been incredible. And, you know, where we launched our showcase and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, so tell me a little bit more about RBA sports. So it's, it's, I, I know, obviously it's an agency and you represent players, but it's more of a sports marketing agency as well. Full service. I mean, you, you have all sorts of cool di different events going on. I think that's how you kind of differentiate yourself a little bit. So tell me a little bit more about RBA. Yeah, I think that, I think the two key kind of differentiation points for us in the market have been, I, I use the G league very, very early. Um, and, you know, I could see where it was going and I knew it was a great way to take some of the guys that we had that we knew were really good, but we needed a platform. And so that, as that league grew, also the players developed and went up, but many of the coaches, and you know, this, a lot of the coaches and GMs from the G league are now in the NBA. Of course. And they've, they've gotten called up also. So that was sort of a really good, I think, strategic move for us in terms of how we built the agency organically in, in laying a model that was repeatable. Okay. And that's, so that was the first piece. And then the second piece was, I remember talking to um, Brian Rubes about like, yeah, we did this thing with basketball city and you know, I'm not sure exactly how we'll use it, but right away I was like, okay, perfect. Let's have these showcases. Let's have NBA people in the building. Let's have, you know, high level people in the building um, and bring in really good talent and then and then use that to feed into summer league, to feed into the draft. So so those two pieces, I think, that are that are unique is is what put us in this position. And look, we've had a lot of great guys like. You know, it's about the people. Right. So um, we've we've had great people help us found this thing and now. <laughs> You know, we're working closely with we brought on Cam, who, you know, yep, you know yep. very well. And so um, we we've had some great people. We've had great players. Um, and that's a huge part of, I think, you know, whatever success that we've been able to have. Definitely. And, and actually, you mentioned something that I want to I want to talk about. Curious to hear your perspective on it. The G League, it's obviously changed dramatically over the past couple of years, let alone, um, you know, kind of when you started to, to, to build a foundation of your company. So you mentioned about like the, the repeatable model. And I think it was an awesome, and, and you definitely hit the strategy correct by building those relationships because a lot of agents, as you know, will try and go right to the top. Oh, let me go talk to the GM of the, of the Spurs. Let me go, you know, that's not how you build genuine, genuine relationships. And, and that's why I think you've developed so much success, but in terms of the G league model, how has that changed for you? Because now you see a little bit different strategy of them, um, you know, like you, you have a lot of the uh, exhibit 10 or two way contracts are signed from the draft pick. So now they're using it in a different way almost. So how is that? How has your ch strategy changed with the G League now? 
it's it's gotten uh, more difficult for sure the last few years. Um, and what's really tough about this year in particular with everything going on, it actually, you know what, it kind of, unfortunately, it's sad, but it mirrors what's going on like in the real world because the basically sure. the rich, the rich get richer, the poor don't have a chance. And what happens now as a result of having a G league season where even today we don't even really know what's going on, but the, the Norvell Pell, the next guy, he doesn't get a chance. The John Petroselli, the Luke Petrasic, they don't get a chance now to get in and prove that they're good enough to make the league and get an opportunity. And so, so the combination of what you're talking about, sort of going to the two-way exhibit 10, it's become harder and harder. Like the G league draft, you know, it's very difficult. I mean, we've had guys do it because we've had some super talented guys that went into camp and just destroyed and made the team. But uh, it's very hard when you're like, you know, you have one spot going into that camp and you know that you just got to beat out four other guys. Right. Yeah. Um, so the odds are tough. I think this year makes it even tougher. Um, you're cutting the league in half. Then you got, you know, maybe some teams combining I'm hearing, you know, so like who knows how many spots you actually have in the G league this year. And look, I get it. It's, it's not easy. None of these decisions are easy right now, but I think people don't understand the ripple effects of how, and it's, it's not me. I'm talking about the players, you know, yeah, we're affected by it, of course, as an agency, but the players that don't, you know, will eventually hopefully bounce back. Right. And we'll get back to where we were, but the guys that graduated this year that are still, that are waiting on the G league, this is rough, bro. This has been very, very rough. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's oversaturated as it is, but now you have, just, I mean, almost a hundred less spots for guys too. So it's just like, it, it, and, and, and I guess that's a question I want to ask you too. And, and some advice you might give for some players because recruiting is difficult and guys always want to hear what they want to hear. But w w when you hear from a college player, like, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, yeah, I want to be in the NBA, but I'll just play in the G league. H how do you respond to that? Um, it, de it depends on the kid. If the kid is like on the draft board, you know, second, of course. Yeah. yeah a second a projected second round guy. Yeah. We get you in. Of course. Okay. That's the conversation. That's the tough one. Like, bro, you're going to the G league right now. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to hear that. Mm -hmm. But like, that's where it is. Um, we're very careful. You know, this where we, we don't, we, we sort of, you know, we want to over deliver. Okay. Of course. And, and so we're honest with guys like the, making a G league is not easy. And these are the processes that you have to go through. And these are the, the ways you can get in. Are you going to get a two way? Well, look, who's getting two ways you judge for yourself. I'm not saying you're not as good as those guys. That's not the conversation. The conversation is where are you on paper right now? You know, what college are you coming out of? What, what numbers do you have? How many guys are ahead of you on their board? Not my board, not your board, <laughs> you know? So like, that's the issue. 
Right. And, and, and a lot of times that's out of your control because uh, you know, uh, your, your value, your price, let's say is what someone's willing to pay. So, you know, I don't care that you were uh, an all conference guy at a high major, like that's great. That's fantastic. But you have to prove that and consistently prove it at the next level. And you might not get that chance right away because of the open market and the types of guys that are filling those spots, you know? And I think that's where getting back to your initial question, I think that's really where when we, when we have the right fit with a guy, we know it they know it. They know where they are in the marketplace and they know what we bring to help guys crack through. That's been, that's been kind of the, the, the specialty that we've, the, the niche that we've carved. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't even like I, you know, when I talk to guys that are in school and I'm coming, we're having these conversations about the G league. I'm not really trying to sell hard anymore. Like I hope that if you, if we're on the phone or we're on a zoom or whatever, You've at least done the due diligence to understand what we, you know, what we're bringing, what the tools are and where you are, like I say, in the marketplace that you need that kind of push. And then, then that's a good conversation to have. Definitely. Definitely agreed. So one question I I have for you is how, how different, we talked about it a little bit, but how different is the agent world now than it was when you started? Like what, what are some of the main, main differences? You know what, man, when I started, it was such a whirlwind. It was so, um, I mean, like I was everywhere. I was, I went everywhere. It was, it was awesome. You like, have I, to. I, I, I was like, you know, but it happened so fast because all of a sudden this thing happens with George. Next thing I know, I'm starting an agency and it's like, boom. And then we signed Vernon from LaSalle and he's on the Warriors and like, I'm out in, in, I'm out in California, like within three months, it's like, what? Like, it was nuts, the whole thing. So like, I, I mean, I'm looking back on like all the crazy stuff and then going to G league games everywhere. And, um, you know, and then this year, like, it's like nothing. It's just sort of, you know, so you you asked me what's changed. I mean, that's the most obvious, like, these are the conversations now over zoom and, and, and catching up with guys over the phone, which is great. But, you know, I miss being at Portsmouth for a couple of days and being at the bar at the, at the Marriott down there and, yep. and hanging with guys. And it's like not every night of the year, but a couple nights a year, you know, it's, it's fun. It's awesome. And that's where you really, you know, cement these relationships where you can carry on throughout the rest of the year. And we don't have that now. Right. And, and, and I also think a lot more has changed in terms of like the amount of noise that's just in the air with the professional career. Right. So like being an agent, you know, even a couple of years ago or, you know, five, 10 years ago, it's like, OK, you're an agent and you help get the contract. And, and, and that, that part's the same. But now it's like, well, you know, players want all this added value and they want to have graphic design and social media and highlights and brand opportunities and um, so I think there's just, there's the, the role, of the agent is, is continuously changing and especially moving forward into some of the, some of the college changes that are coming up. So I guess we can even talk about that. So, so what do you think about the, you know, how, how different is the college landscape going to be in five, 10 years with some of the name, image and likeness stuff? And, you know, that's an interesting angle. Um, and I remember talking to one of the guys, one of the first guys I met in the business was Sonny Vaccaro, who was amazing to me. Yep. And I remember talking because uh, we brought Sonny into Basketball City to see it, you know, and, t- and talk about, I don't know, at the time, like, just get his thoughts on it, right? But yep. 
um, he was at the time getting into that first lawsuit with Charles O'Bannon. And so, and so it's, you know, it's interesting to see where it's come from then. I mean, that was yeah. already 10 years ago, but um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, hello, you know, this is the United States and there's a constitution and like these guys have certain, you know, like you have rights that I, I think, you know, I don't know if it's going to ever going to be argued at the Supreme court or what they would say anyway, but, but like, it seems to me that these guys, they're making a fortune uh you, you they, they're not allowed to work so there's got to be something there i guess they'll figure it out um and i hear there's more coming on on those fronts like some of the politicians are now taking it up so that could be interesting the product i don't know man it's um i don't know about you i think it's watered down i think the um and maybe this is part of no fans being there there's a I don't know how you felt. I felt watching the NBA playoffs, there was something missing. Of course there was something missing, but I mean, it was obvious, you know, and you didn't change home court. So it was weird to see like the heat and the Lakers and they're on the same court, the whole series, like that to me looked like summer league, you know, then you have no fans. So to me that the product wasn't where we needed to be. Um, and that's the first piece. And then college, kind of the same thing. Like I turn on a couple games now and it doesn't have that energy. It doesn't uh, like, I, I love going up to see Manhattan, Iona, you know, and being inside that environment and mm. watching that on TV. That's not there anymore right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I also think in terms of like the, you know, the, the watered down comment, like I, I think it's just harder, like the game's changing and, and, and also what, you know, what is valuable is changing, you know, over the years, it's kind of been, it's strange to see, you know, in certain, certain years, it's like, all right, well, in the past, you need a traditional big man and you need a guy with certain physical attributes and, you know, transitioned all the way to like now shooting is a premium, right? So it, it's hard to see, you know, guy, everyone that does a Euro step, well, all right, that's great. And that's fantastic. But now is that watered down too much? Like, just because he could do a Euro step and finish at the rim, is that skill translatable? So I definitely think that's an interesting conversation. I think, um, you know, I talk to a lot of scouts and, you know, one theme that's consistent is that college is, is obviously watered down because for the last years, you're now taking the best freshmen out every right. year right. and sophomores. And so, and now you have this G League Ignite situation. So you have kids like Kaminga and these other kids that didn't even go to school that would have been awesome in college this year. So, so, so yeah. So the product I think is, is, is something they have to look at. Um, and, and I also think, look, I mean, listen, hopefully we get, you know, as we get forward with the vaccines and all this stuff and more fans are back and, you know, teams can have better visibility into their revenue streams and stuff. I think hopefully this stuff will come back. But this this year, it's a it's a very weird year. I agree. I, I actually I think that's based on two two main things. One is 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 the potential, right? So you start to see these NBA teams just drafting on potential. You know that you use that word a lot, like the young kids. Well, this kid is you know uh, really young. He's 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 nineteen or he's twenty, but he's got potential to keep growing and get that much better. And the second thing with like the the, the ignite is that 
some of these kids are starting to realize, well, look, it is 2020. I do have a certain market value. So if I'm one of those kids, like why go to college? What, what, you know, why it, when I can start making money and develop now? So it's definitely an interesting concept that's going to continue to develop. So uh, I know we've kind of been back and forth here on a lot of different topics. Uh, one last question I have for you here is what's the biggest challenge that you face right now today as an agent? That's a great question. And, and I mean, it's probably multiple, but I know, I think it's just basically, I would just say, you know, driving home some of the things that we've talked about. I mean, this, this season, I mean, you didn't have summer league, you didn't have free agent camps, you didn't have, you, you know, think about the timing of this season and how it sort of screws up the, the, you know, the normal yeah. process of things. Right. And so that I think more than anything else has made it difficult. Like here we are the last couple of days where guys can get an exhibit 10. Okay. Um, and think about how many guys are trying to compete for those, you know, last spots. And then you have a question mark of, you know, what's going to be with the bubble right now? Where is it going to be? When's it going to happen? How many teams? Is there a draft? Who's filling up that draft? Is it the exhibit 10 guys from teams that are opting out? Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's so many unanswered questions where we're trying to now work with teams, work with players, provide them the information, but nobody really has it yet. And again, getting back to like these guys, some of these guys, they finished in April or, you know, March, April. And in a normal year, they would have had draft workouts. They, maybe they don't get drafted, but that, those draft workouts then lead to a potential summer league, Right. They have an RBA showcase in July that we take advantage of. Then yep. they, then those guys maybe have a shot at summer league. None of that happened. So now we're in a very difficult spot. And, um, you know, we try to explain to guys the situation. Most understand, um, you know, and so but we are where we are. And we just kind of, you know, grind forward. That's it. Definitely, man. I mean, forget about the competition of being an agent per usual, just the uncertainty. The uncertainty makes things so difficult. So that's awesome. And before we sign off here, I like to end things with, with what I call a sports business lightning round. So I'm just going to fire some questions at you. You got to hit me with the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Yeah. Favorite color? Blue. Most points you've ever scored in your life in a basketball game? <laughs> <laughs> um, 35 at Reebok at my boy's wedding. Before my boy's wedding, I went nuts. Love it. Pizza or pasta? Hi, pizza. MJ or LeBron? Oh, MJ. Coolest city in the world you've been to? Coolest city? I guess I gotta say New York City, right? I mean, fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's one of your biggest strengths? Ah, uh, biggest strengths. Uh, per, oh, persistence. What is something that you're really bad at? Uh, paying attention. <laughs> Who are three people that have helped you tremendously in your life? Oh, wow. Uh, that's such a, such a great question. Uh, uh, my dad, my parents, um, yep. uh, helped me tremendously. I mean, man, the Rubensteins, like, you know, getting into this business and, you know, helping me get into this business and working with me on that. I would, I would say them, um, 
boy and then you know my maybe my wife and kids i should mention probably smart i love it um no but that there, but there's a lot of truth to that uh, you're you know that's a tough there's such a great question and i'm thinking on the spot here but no my yeah. my wife and and my girls uh, are absolutely amazing and especially like this last year man like you know everybody being home together you know um anyway it's been it's, I know it's very rough for a lot of people, not for me. It's, it's awesome. Um, and so that's, that, uh, is a big part of what helps me, you know, do what I do every day. That's great. What was your first ever job? Oh man. Um, my first ever job had to be like maybe delivering flowers, you know, something like that. Like right when I got my license. Yep. Nice. Yeah. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, that's a great question. Maybe oh, oh being invisible, right? Nice. Two more here. Flipping you could and hear everything. Yep. Yep. If you could trade jobs with anyone in any industry for one week, who would that be? Trade jobs with anybody in any industry. Um I would, I would be, I think, intrigued by seeing what Adam Silver does for a week. That would be awesome. And last one, if you could turn back time and talk to 18-year-old BJ, what would you tell him? You know what, man? I, I, I'm really uh, – I wouldn't change much. You know, like I think everybody I – think, I think in life you have ups, you have downs, you have – you know, challenges and adversity. I think it's, you know, I think the game of basketball is like a metaphor for all of that, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally blessed and, and happy with where I'm at now. Like, uh, you know, um, it, it, for me, I don't measure success necessarily as, you know, money. It's one aspect. It's very important. Course. Um, but you know to have a great family around you to have really good friends you know I laugh all day man with my I mean like you know I have the same buddies from high school we all moved back we live in the same town in Roslyn so it's like we and so we laugh all day to me that's what it's all about um and so you know that's what I would probably wrap with Love it, man. Awesome stuff. Well, I appreciate it again for you coming on. I hope people that are listening took some notes here. I know, I know I'm, I'm always taking notes. So I appreciate the, you know, doors that you've opened for me and it's been fun watching from the outside, you know, RBA sports grow and hopefully we'll be able to get in a gym here uh, soon together, man. Yeah. I, I hope to see you on the trail soon. And I want to just say to you that it's a pleasure and an honor to do this because I really think you're doing a great job with the podcast. So good luck with that. And I know you have some really good guys too. And you know that, you know, the line is always open. Any way that I could help you and vice versa, I know we're, we're uh, you know, that line will always be there. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kev. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.